0: Hello and welcome to the Investors Chronicle Companies and Markets show. I am John Human, editor of the Investors Chronicle. I'm joined today by Kate Bioli, who's one of our personal finance and funds team. How are you doing, Kate? I'm
1: fine, thanks, John.
0: Good, and you're, you've written a cover feature this week. You're going to talk uh-huh. to us about that in a minute. It's about technology, which is uh, which is very, very interesting, and how you can yep. get into some of the uh, the newer companies who are, uh, who are out there. Um, Stephen Wilmot, company's editor. How are you doing, Stephen?
2: Well, apart from the broken clavicle, indeed, just um, fine.
0: Back from your holidays, which were... Uh, curtailed somewhat the uh, the activities by uh, by your injury indeed yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute because it bizarrely you've managed to relate it to your taking stock column this <laughs> week somehow um let's come on to that in a minute and over the control room uh we've got graham davis uh who's our digital editor you've done yeah, news dom. this week haven't you graham how, news as doing? well this week yeah good good and uh, dom tom's on the control how are you doing dom i'm doing okay oh i'm glad to hear it just okay okay so uh let's start i mean it's It's results hell at the moment. We've had uh, 20-odd pages this week, 60 company results. Uh, It gets even worse next week, doesn't it, Stephen?
2: About 90. Today is the day that every company seems to have chosen to post their half year results at the end of June before everyone goes on holiday in August. So.
0: Yeah I, I mean it feels like it gets more compressed every year into an even shorter space of time in the middle of summer. Is that just, is just my mind playing tricks no, on no, me? I
2: actually, I actually think it, it's more compressed than it was last year almost certainly because it tails off next week but um, yeah I mean uh, readers will probably find that one company at least in their portfolio has reported over the past three days definitely 30 results today about 25 yesterday and similar on Tuesday so, so everyone one is working very, very hard. So we are, yeah, absolutely doing what only we can do, producing uh, reports on every every result that comes out.
0: Okay, wonderful, good stuff. Um, Graham, let's start with uh, with the news. Seven days. Yeah. Um, what's one what of the big stories this week?
3: I was on holiday on Monday, but it started off with a, with a bit of a shakeout in the markets. The Chinese market plunged. Oh yes. On Monday, I think yeah. about eighty percent in the day. It's funny because China had been settled for a couple of weeks since the government stepped in and and basically. Uh, fixed the market a couple of weeks ago and basically by, by not allowing anyone to sell shares for a I was going to say <laughs> when you say period. fixed did you well, mean repaired or, yeah, well, or fixed as in terms of uh, a fix? Well <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't like to... Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Basically, they fixed the market. Um, but they stopped, people, yeah, they stopped people selling shares. Lots of companies got suspended. And it appears as though maybe... I don't know what happened on Monday, but maybe the government sort of took their eye off the ball for a second and everyone bounced in and sold what they could. And then the government stepped in again and... But it started uh, buying banking shares. Started buying they, shares and they, they, shoring up the market. Yeah. And it's sort of calmed down a bit over there. And then focus in the last couple of days has been on uh, US Federal Open Markets Committee and, and hinting at Interest rates rises again. We've been here before. Yep, we have. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Indeed, but we had good um, GDP growth figures from the UK and the US. The US had just come out this morning. Last quarter has been strong in both UK and US uh, economies. That gives further sort of credence to the theory that interest rate rises are coming.
0: Okay. Um, So China, we Mm. we won't talk about that. We did talk about that uh, in in some detail last week. You're going to talk about that on your personal finance podcast this week, aren't you? Because you've looked at that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we looked at it in relation to ETFs before, and now we're looking at it in relation to funds and, you know, whether people should be worried about it really affecting funds.
0: Yeah, because you spoke to Fidelity China Special Situations this week. Uh, uh, yeah, this section, we so, yeah, so So, uh, Yeah,
1: in A shares, which is quite rare for funds. Um, so I think probably feeling the pain a bit more than some other ones which invest more in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because we looked at its share price when this was all kicking off, and it was kind of tracking the ups Fidel's and downs. Fidelity fund was getting hit, um, yeah, indeed. And uh, we know it's very popular with UK investors. So yep. uh, yeah. let's not talk about that anymore because we don't <laughs> want to steal with the thunder <laughs> of the personal the finance this podcast, week. No. Uh, which oh. you recall record tomorrow. Okay, GDP figures. What's behind the strength uh, here? 0.7%, wasn't it? Which 0. was an 0.7%. acceleration from 0.4% in the first
3: quarter that's correct um yeah hey. no very very strong and uh, you know once again con- sort of fueled by consumer spending and Housing credit activity. credit is rising and uh yeah house prices are rising and we've been here before yeah. we have been here before the rebalancing of the economy has not happened in the past five years that the government has talked about at every possible opportunity it hasn't i mean in in, in the latest quarter although the gdp growth was was up 0.7 percent um the manufacturing Uh, sector actually shrank no surprise it's not been helped by the strong pound the manufacturing sector uh, exports will get hit and the euro crisis uh, and the european crisis of course is a, they're a big trading partner yeah but it yeah. just feels as though this sort of recovery is built on the same sand that other recoveries have been built upon
0: yeah i mean before we come on to uh, our results discussion proper i mean you, you mentioned you allude to the property sector in, in the seven days section here uh, because there's been some results from housing yeah. related companies we've got taylor wimpy Rightmove, move foxton's all pretty strong
2: yeah countrywide was a bit weaker this morning interestingly but um,
0: not very good, are they? <laughs> <laughs> they once did my conveyancing, and I will never forget. <laughs> yeah. them. Um, but no, Foxtons was was a bit of a surprise because I mean they've had a bit of a torrid time uh, mm. over the last year as sort of London prices have not necessarily softened, but the growth has slowed. Um, but they they bounce back quite strongly, it seems.
3: Yeah, and it looks like London's picking up again now, isn't it? Post election.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, right move again. Uh there were some worries about the on the market entry, the uh the sort of estate agent backs portal seems to n- not be anything to worry about at all there really. Well
2: Zoopla's the one that's taken the hit from that as, yeah. a, as a number two player.
0: I prefer Zupla, there you go. But I know that's it I use Apparently, right move yeah, more. I think. In
2: the select minority.
3: It, yeah. it looks like Rightmove has actually been strengthened by on the market because yeah. it, it's yeah. it's competition or, or taking business off each other and Rightmove just it becomes ever more established. There you go. 110 yeah. million uh, visitors per month to their website in the first half. I'm
0: not surprised. I I sold my house. I've moved already and I still go back to it. Why? <laughs>
2: Can't help it, John.
0: I know. I think, well, it's property pool, I think they call it. But, uh, there you go. It's one of
2: the top ten most... I think maybe even... Maybe 7th or 8th most popular site in the UK, which is extraordinary. It. I set up a load of
0: alerts <laughs> to, to try and find a house and I forgot to turn them off. So maybe that's why I, uh, I keep going back to it. Okay, uh, Royal Mail had a bit of bother. Um, I noticed. Yes, them. yeah,
3: Royal Mail, Ofcom has, uh, has come out and said that Royal Mail's pricing of its bulk delivery, which is what it charges to the other um, mail companies, was, was unlawful. Okay. And stifling competition. I mean, Whistle was, which was the Dutch-backed last-mile delivery company. They went bust a short while ago, and based I think that the suspicion here, which is, appears to have been confirmed by Ofcom, is that Royal Mail was charging too much. Yes, Royal Mail right. denies this, but I mean, this is a problem Royal Mail has. We've pointed it out before, and we had it on a sale for a long time.
0: Yeah, and, and proved uh, proved quite good. We've
3: moved it to a hold now, yeah. but this universal um, pledge to to deliver to every street in the country is will hurt them eventually because, you know, the other guys will cherry pick.
0: Yeah. And uh, commodities had a bit of a, a horrible week. Gold uh, in particular. Um, mm. Plumbing depths it hasn't seen for quite some time. You've, you, again, you're going to talk about that on the PF podcast. Not yes. me specifically, I hope. Not cause... you specifically. <laughs> um, yes, we are. But uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we had a few results from uh, from miners and some of the oil explorers as well. BP
2: yeah. is the big one in, in these this set of results. We had Shell, of course, this morning.
0: And they are all getting hurt by the falling oil prices, it's
2: pretty predictable. Yeah, their um, their exploration is really in very poor shape, um, but somewhat offset by their uh, their refining businesses, which are doing okay. But you know, Shell announced six thousand job cuts this morning, so that kind of says it all really. Yeah, that'll
0: be in next week's mag. That'll presumably. be in next week's mag. Yes. And uh, <laughs> funny enough, Centrica announced six thousand job cuts as well this morning. Yeah, about it? six thousand five hundred. <laughs> That's round numbers. But yeah, yeah. But
3: the Centrica job losses are in its exploration and production division, upstream division
2: as well. I think people often forget that Centrica is more than British Gas, but it might not be in future. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They're they're refocusing on the consumer end of things.
3: Well,
0: that was very profitable in the last half year, uh, Mm. from what I understand, listening to the radio very quickly this morning. But they're pushing through some price cuts. Um, yeah, yeah, it was play- it was
2: it was profitable because that uh, they only did their price cuts in the second half of last year. So,
0: mm. and what is what its chief exec was saying was that it might sort of balance itself out before mm. before the year is out. Uh, and obviously, the other biggest the biggest story of the week is takeovers. Mm. Um, and it's what I what I wrote my editorial on UK for sale. It seems that every time you uh, you, you look at the market news, uh, there's another company falling to uh, to an overseas predator. I mean, today we had Hellman Titan went to Delphi, big American uh, automotive components company, big premium. There was it.
3: Yeah, no, the really big premium. They the uh, offer came in this morning forty four and a half percent higher than uh Hellman Titan closed at last night. So wow. really you know, that's I don't know the company terribly well myself, but it has the feel of a knock, knockout bid
0: does, does sound it? like it, and, and then there's you... a tip of ours which, uh, yeah, oh, we should flag that's yeah. nice, mm-hmm. that's nice too. And I look down uh the list of uh takeovers that we, we publish in the magazine if, each week, and you've got Wrexham, which is being taken out by a big American company, you've got Telecity, which is being taken out by, by an American data yep. center provider, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Quintain this
2: week, Quintain, this another week tip. Well.
0: So, Quintain owns uh, it's property developer. Yeah, it's Wembley.
2: Um, yeah, all the development around Wembley Stadium. And uh, yeah, it's got an offer from Lone Star, which is a private equity company. I think it was involved in the UK property market in its sort of doldrums. It made a name for itself, kind of buying up assets on the cheap when, when uh, you know, a couple of years ago when things weren't looking so rosy.
0: Well, things aren't cheap now, are they? Or um, are right? Well, I mean, but I Quintain- think...
2: Well, Quintain is—it's never seen to fulfil its potential. Well, precisely, uh, exactly, and I think you know, investors in this one are long suffering. I mean, having said that, our, our tips done very well, um, but of course, if, <laughs> <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, we tipped them at a hundred p about a year ago, and they're now well, the the, the offer is at, at um, one hundred uh, thirty one p, and interestingly, the, the share the share price at least when we went to press was one hundred thirty two p, suggesting that people are expecting a a better offer. And th- th- this um, approach from Lone Star does have the feel of an, uh, an opportunistic mm. Uh, mm. approach to it. They're, they're taking advantage of the fact that Quintain although it's had a new management team and it's had a bit of a turnaround is, has long been seen as a bit of a dog in the property sector.
0: Yeah. I mean this is Wembley Development. I spoke to them when I covered property in 2004 uh, or 5 I think it was. It was a very long time <laughs> ago it seems. And you know the Wembley plans were all going ahead then and it seems to have gone very slowly
2: yeah absolutely i mean that obviously there was a financial crisis in between but yeah they were underfunded for a long time so they could hardly do anything i mean it's a vast master plan and these things are very time consuming but
0: yeah i think they're going to build a know. shopping village there like oh they bi- have like a bistro
2: they have they have built a shopping village oh, is the, that is the it? thing that they have done okay, <laughs> okay. they're going to expand it. So
0: that's what we need more of shops <laughs> Keep the economy going. It's a consumer-led recovery, John. Absolutely. So Absolutely. It's all about leisure and restaurants this time. But. Yeah. Um, so these American beers, and this is what you've written about in Taking Stock. Um, yeah, well, I, I looked at So in you're the, out in, in, Washington, I in Washington where you befell <laughs> your terrible accident uh, on, yeah, a, well, on a bicycle or a indeed, tandem, impact. in fact.
2: Indeed. Yes, let's gloss over that. But um, one of the uh, <laughs> the reasons for this accident, I should um, say, is that the roads are in a, in a fairly parlous state in... In Washington DC, nothing
0: and, to do with you not putting the front wheel on properly. Then,
2: <laughs> as I say, let's gloss <laughs> over that. And um, you know, so, I was very curious to read in the Wall Street Journal that um, there's a deal going through Congress, possibly um, between Democrats who want more uh, improvements to roads and uh, and Republicans who who want tax cuts. And so, there seems to be some kind of bipartisan agreement for a um, a move to basically allow companies all these US multinationals with massive cash piles we hear about to repatriate some of that cash at a much lower tax rate so maybe five six percent that, that kind of thing rather than the you know nearly 40 percent rate of tax that companies usually face on their international earnings and let's not forget that the US Taxes global earnings, unlike Britain or most countries, which only tax um, earnings made in the country. Um, I mean, I guess the point I'm making in taking stock is that that actually won't really affect the tax reasons why US companies have been making approaches for UK and European companies over the past couple of years. These these so-called tax inversions that shot to prominence with AstraZeneca and Pfizer last year. Barack Obama tried to clamp down on them with some rules last autumn, and there was a bit of a lull. Abvi called off its uh, bid for Shire, which looked like it was going to go ahead for a while. But actually, they've kind of crept up again, and, and we've got Monsanto bidding for Syngenta, which is another ICT or former ICT. Actually, we 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 took it to hold in light of the the, the massive escalation in the share price because of this approach. Um, anyway, so Monsanto has obviously seen an opportunity to get a, a good a European asset, sort of reasonably on the cheap. Which is a are there another reason why we've had this? wave of, of, of takeover approaches.
0: So lots of lots of assets that offer exposure Value. to recovery that perhaps doesn't exist in the US anymore. Lots of cash that they can't Lots get of cash, home. very expensive
2: um, share prices, which they can use. Yeah. I'm not, I think most of these approaches are cash approaches, but still, you know, they've got US shares, as we all know, trade at quite high multiples, so they mm. can use that quite expensive, those expensive valuations to, to make um, approaches for, to justify approaches for, for European companies. Um,
0: so potentially lots more of these to come. Then,
2: yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, Helium and Titan wasn't the only one today. We had Chime oh, Communications. Yeah. Now that's the UK, the, the, which is the UK that uh, approached WPP. But
3: um, the WPP is, is is in bed with a, a Providence uh, equity on on that one, who I believe are American.
0: Okay, okay. So uh, yes. I, I'm not sure
3: how. I mean, it obviously, is, WPP has a big
2: US business. That's very too, true. So that's exactly.
3: very but true. It hasn't all been one way though. You know, um, GKN announced a deal to buy Fokker this week. The um German uh, it's aerospace U- European aerospace. I,
0: I, Fokker used my airplanes. Yeah, sure they
3: did. yeah, This is this is this is airplane yeah. um, uh, parts, and uh, Hikma Pharmaceuticals, which is not actually a UK company, but that is buying uh, Beringer Ingelheim's gen- generics business in the US. In a deal
2: worth about yeah, I guess 1. the wider million. point is that money is cheap. I
3: mean, yeah, the there's, there's deals are flying around, and the, yep. the, you know the flow is is a lot is incoming, uh, but there there are, are deals as well. Deals there's, around. there's
0: obviously one big deal that we're we uh, right in the middle of as well, which we write about in the new spotlight this week. Pearson Indeed. Uh, selling us mm-hmm. to Nikkei of uh, of Japan.
3: And Mel- is, uh, Melrose Industries did a very good deal this week. They sold Elster, which is a company they bought three years ago, to Honeywell in the US. Mm. Uh, for, a, for a huge uplift in, in, in value.
0: For more than their market cap, is it not? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it they, yeah,
3: and there's going to be a big return of cash to shareholders. And Melrose uh, have done, the management team there has got a cracking record and they've just enhanced it even further this week.
0: But it's what they do. Yeah, yeah. Buy get, buy companies that are essentially recovery plays, turn them around, sell them on. Yeah. Mm. Brilliant. If you can do it, which they obviously yeah. can. And it's nice As, to see uh, a
2: company not minding shrinking. I mean, it used to be, let's not forget, Melrose was in the FTSE 100 for a bit, but mm. then it sold a company, returned the cash and... Went back to being a much smaller company and it has done it again. And it's nice when management don't let their kind of see a hundred aspirations get in the way of a sensible business deal. No,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, talking of companies that are awash with cash, I mean, Apple is one company that has enormous, enormous pots of cash that are sitting sitting overseas. 203.
2: billion dollars. Oh, Mind boggling the, the third quarter count last week.
0: Um, and that brings us neatly on to Kate and the mm. uh, the cover feature. Technology. So we, we we talk a lot about the Apples. I mean you know if you're uh, if you're investing in tech, you know, you immediately think of Apple yeah. and companies like that, Microsoft and Oracle and IBM and yeah. what is essentially the, the first wave of technology companies. And what we've talked about this week, what you've you've explored is how to get into the new wave. So companies that are up and coming.
1: Yeah, kind of new new generation of kind of exciting tech stocks that you maybe wouldn't think of as, yeah, as technology stocks even.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, and so, so what sort of themes are we talking about? You mentioned things, uh, big data.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a lot of things connected to data. So this idea of um, big data and this internet of things. So, you know, your fridge talking to your phone, talking to your heating or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and everything tied in with that. And then cybersecurity. Um, and then also things like electric cars. Okay. Um, okay. So yeah, some quite kind of fun, you know, exciting, futuristic things. Yeah. I'm well, <laughs> there was an amazing story
0: this week actually. Going off on a, a small tangent. Uh, what is it? Fiat Chrysler had a, had a bit of a problem with its uh, with its very um, very computerised yeah. cars that someone managed to actually hack, hack one into that was driving along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so so I guess that brings two of these themes together: electric exactly, cars yeah. and cyber security. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I think
1: that's the problem with all this data that with you know more of it flying around and more access to it, there, there's more risk of. Someone hacking into and misusing it, which I think is the big problem. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So so some of the largest companies are involved in this space through cloud yeah. computing and such a like. But then there's a there's as we say, a new wave. Well yeah, I think I think through. the
1: idea is that a lot of people are saying that um obviously we've got these kind of current incumbents who are massive successful companies, that some are kind of arguing that they're not at the front wave of some of the really nascent Bits of this, yeah, um, and so you've got companies like in electric cars, companies like Tesla, for example, yeah, um, who are not only making electric cars, and you know people would argue kind of maybe the first viable um, electric cars as cars rather than clunky you know, things that no one's going to drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do
0: you mean like those little pink things that you say occasionally yeah. <laughs> riding around London, which I think uh, belong to the BBC mostly, it's <laughs> not Yeah,
1: so not those. Not those. Yeah. Um, but then they're also moving into home storage, which is going to be the big... Oh, battery st- Yeah. Power storage. Um, and they've just made this, um, I think it's called a Powerwall, um, which you can have in your home and charge your car from. And I mean, if they really make strides forward in that, that's going to be the big... Yeah. Because um, they're, yeah. they're
0: really a battery company. I mean, it's it's all about yeah getting the getting the off power free, source and then being able to yeah getting the power source. as small, the portable power exactly. source as small, as small as possible. Yeah, because so. I mean,
1: that's always been the thing with electric cars, isn't it? That you can like drive to the end of your street, but then it's going to break down, and you're going to need to plug it in. <laughs> yeah. And plus, we so, don't have anywhere to plug them in. in yeah, in exactly. The UK mainly. Um, um,
0: yeah. So, so, so I mean, these companies, a lot of them are there's some some in, in the UK. Yeah, uh, but um, but a lot of them are are overseas. Yeah, companies. kind of
1: Silicon Valley um yeah u s
0: and a lot of them are private companies as well yes, and there was I think there's a fascinating point you make that a lot of um a lot of these companies, because they 're asset light they mm. can actually become much much bigger before they even need to go public yeah. and possibly never even go public well they, I
1: think that's a really interesting theme i guess of our time now is that we 've got so many of these companies, which are enormous like over a billion mm. they call them unicorns um yeah which don't need to list 'cause 'cause yeah they, they are so capital light and the, things like um, Uber, things like Airbnb, things which are kind of, I guess, becoming household names, some of them, but yeah. are still private, and you can't access, obviously. But they are, they are going to list, I think, yeah, those they're, they're But right. they, they've
0: grown quite large without having to do yeah, so already. Yeah, but, I uh, must admit, there's one company in here that I'd never heard of, which is the best name I've seen of a company in a long time, which is Splunk. Yeah. It's a, Splunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a big, big data company.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, I think they digest big data and you know as a company you could you could use splunk software to
0: okay to, yeah and healthcare companies are using this kind of stuff as well yeah. so just analyze the vast amounts of data yeah. in, in drug discoveries i mean it's, it is incredible mm. okay so how do we get into this i mean let, assuming we're not all gonna you know head off to the nasdaq and start piling in yeah there are or you know becoming a, a silicon valley uh, venture capitalist <laughs> um how do we how do we get involved
1: um well yeah there's a few different ways um and so of the broadest way of doing this is via a fund, so an investment trust or an open ended fund, and um, they will have holdings to things like Amazon, Microsoft, but then they'll also take some kind of thematic views. So, the companies I've talked about here, so Splunk, for example, um, some of the trusts like Allianz Technology Trust will hold that, but then also others. Um, so you've got access to US companies there as well as some, some UK ones.
0: Yeah, the interesting thing here, I thought, was that they're just there waiting so they're not necessarily tracking the index because mm. Amazon, uh, because Apple, for example, is so large.
1: Yeah, well, I think they, know, they're restricted um, some some of these funds will be restricted from holding the maximum amount, yeah, because it would mean they were holding kind of a fifth. Investors' money in Apple. Which, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So, yeah. so,
0: so I think you know what you've in- investigated is how they actually distribute their yeah. their investments uh, and how weighted they are to some of the perhaps more exciting startups than the, the more mature yeah. large. Tech and then,
1: companies. which is particularly the case for some of these smaller trusts, which deliberately um, don't invest or kind of go underweight things like Microsoft and Apple. Um, and invest in, in smaller kind of startups, so things like Herald Investment Trust, which actually predominantly invests in the UK, but in kind of more exciting uh, early stage companies. Um, but then talking about accessing the private, um, the unlisted market, there are quite a few funds uh, which do that. Um, things like Scottish Mortgage Trust, um, so they kind of get in there right at the beginning. And so then you know, as a UK investor, you could have access to a kind of exciting unlisted stock yeah, via a fund which is obviously slightly which presumably uh,
0: safer. Get, you know presumably they hold some quite mature yeah obviously it's a big of thing as well but this gives you ups- a potential massive upside and exposure to to, yeah, to these um, really exciting stories at some point in the in the long term future yeah well, you you would
1: hope so yeah, yeah. and it has performed very well so okay yeah.
0: No, it's fascinating. Really fascinating. I'm, I'm a big fan of tech. I used to be a tech analyst. Yeah, it's fun,
1: fun stuff. To it is
0: it is fun stuff. Mm. And what I realise now is I, I, I know nothing about tech anymore. Uh, the, well, you don't, it's it's so fast so moving. Well, I have said that. <laughs> I've read this. I've read this and uh, I know a lot more than I did yesterday. So uh, thank, you. thank you very much, Kate. It's, uh, a, it's a great piece. Thank you. OK, uh, let's talk results before we wrap up, because uh, we've got quite, quite a few to get through. Um obviously we're not going to get through them all in the next 5 or 10 minutes. Stephen, what are your uh, your picks of the results?
2: I mean there are so there are so many divergent themes That's the thing about results season isn't it it's a bit hard to single things out but one one which strikes me is that we've we've obviously had the big consumer um products groups now report. the so Unilever Diageo was today. Um we've had SAB Miller's um Q Ones or is it threes? But anyway, yeah, not their half years or full years. You know, the thing that we're seeing there is is a slowdown. Um, I mean it, confirmation of what we've known for some time which is that emerging markets have been slowing down but they actually do remain the engine of growth for these companies and uh, and actually deflation in the developed markets is really causing havoc with their, with their growth figures so yeah I mean we downgraded Unilever we've had it on a buy for some time I mean it's been it's, it's you know it's a solid dividend stock and it's not going to fall over. It can be pricey now, but yeah, I mean, twenty-two times earnings for a company that, with underlying sales growth of under three percent, seems mm. um, seems pricey. But that's that's very much a sign of the markets, isn't it? I mean, well, people it, are so desperate for even the most modest growth that you know they're happy to hold on to Unilever at twenty-two times earnings. It's it's quite interesting. Is this
0: not that they're interested in the dividend income more than anything else, and the the blue chip? nature of the uh, yeah of the company we, we exactly uh, we talked yeah. last week about this so-called bondification trend and right i guess no, this it, is part of that oh really. absolutely
2: absolutely you know it it produces a three percent dividend and it produces underlying growth of of under three of 2.9 percent it was in the first half which mm. was better than expectations um, but you're never going to go right with it but yeah. you might uh, see
0: some fluctuation in the share price but exactly it's going to be around in you know for, well, for years
2: yeah we did we did vacillate over this one should we keep it on a buy or should we put it back to hold? And We just thought, well, no, this is a genuine hold. We've debated this in the past, haven't we, about what our hold recommendation means. But this is, you know, we think it is worth holding, but it's hardly a massively attractive entry price. And this, this is a theme we're seeing a lot of a, across a lot of the market. I think. Yeah, know. I mean, on the this consumer front,
0: on the consumer front, uh, Fever Tree. Which uh, I thought it's a really interesting little company. Yeah, it was our really it was nice our uh, good week uh, candidate this week because yeah, this I mean, a, since they listed, it's gone. It's uh, it's flying.
2: It's really only gone one way. Absolutely, this is a little company. Um, I mean, readers may recognise it from uh, high pub. end gin and tonics. Yeah, exactly. It's the it's the one that um, seems to be you know gastropub favourite for uh, gin and tonics. It's not
0: just gastropubs. It's, it's everywhere. It's increasingly everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> Um, um,
2: increasingly taking over the cheveps um, It is. It really is. Yeah. And
0: and I think the, the interesting aspect of the story here was that it's getting into the supermarkets as well. So I mean, yeah. it's really going mainstream. Absolutely. Um,
2: and it's, I know it's, it's done extraordinarily well. Um, yeah, it's going to be in Morrison's. That's not
0: high end. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I... What do you say? It's <laughs> well, Morrison. It's going, going mainstream. now. <laughs> it's going
2: mainstream. It uh, seems to be a good demonstration of that. Um, so this is actually the, the the story in in the consumer sector, isn't it it's actually you want you want exposure to these these u k stories. Um, because as we've talked about, that's that's been the 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 driver of the um, the recovery. Yeah, not, I, I, not I think the, this is the global probable. ones that you used to want.
0: Yeah, well, I think this is interesting for another reason. Which Mark Robinson, who was who wrote about this when when it newly came to market, he said shares are expensive, but this one's going to get taken out at some point. Right, and yeah, I think that's a very absolutely. good call. I yeah. think that's a very good call. I can see that happening.
2: Yeah, and absolutely because these companies are so desperate for growth. You yeah,
0: you yeah, know. and that mm. is growing extremely quickly, and. Um, yeah, has a product that crosses borders. I mean, fantastic. So okay. even, even
2: on thirty-nine times earnings. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're bullish. So. We are. <laughs> yeah.
0: We are, and it's a very nice gin, uh, gin tonic, <laughs> <laughs> uh, That was just the most important part yeah. of that. Freudian, <laughs> sorry, Freudian, sorry, Freudian Freudian slip there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what else we got? Well,
2: we've also seen um, banks, of course. Um, we've had all of the challenger banks, Virgin Money, Shawbrook, both doing extremely well. The Provi, um we have all of those on a buy our um banking guy ian smith is very keen on the kind of alternative lender category again that's a great play on the consumer economy yeah um and uh as long as the interest rate rate cycle remains benign, it's hard to see that story going wrong.
0: Yeah, I think th- on the consumer side, uh, I mean, SeaGrowth was a play on that, yeah, uh, tapping into the the e-commerce uh, economy. That's uh, that's doing well. Actually, there's
2: a very nice little play on the, e- com- the e-commerce story. Clipper Logistics. Yeah, Clipper Logistics. Yeah, exactly. An interesting little company r- listed last year. Readers probably don't know much about it, but. Um, Yeah, it has this e-fulfillment business which um, is going great guns and is a great way to buy into e-commerce story without having to buy one of the retailers which are, you know, in a way actually... Suffering from e-commerce rather than benefiting, yeah, benefiting absolutely. from it. So.
0: Broadcasters, we had Sky looking good as per
2: usual. Mm-hmm. BT um, today, but that won't be in this week's magazine. And then ITV. ITV. Yeah, yeah ITV. you
0: know, talk, I mean, talking to bid targets, we, we wrote a feature a few years back, uh, you know, suggesting that this wave of M and A was on the way. I, we called it a couple of years too early, but it's here now. But you know, I had to, we all had to pick one, and I picked ITV, and you know, I'm, I'm amazed that this is still a standalone company because it exhibits everything you would want to take over target, and is doing amazingly well. Um, but there you go there you go okay so uh, let's call it a day on the results front otherwise we'll be here for the rest of the night. Um, so thank you very much, everybody, for uh, for your uh, contributions today. Just to run through what else we've got in the magazine, stock screens as per usual. Algae uh, Hall has taken uh, a contrarian uh, approach this week. This is a storming screen. In the past, it's, uh, it's beat the market threefold over the past four years, which is uh, fantastic. Um, Mark Robinson is asking whether copper has hit the bottom. That, uh, along with many other metals, has had a torrid time uh, and dragged companies down with it. Uh, including the likes of Antofagasta, and not uh, necessarily a pleasant conclusion there. Um, Potentially still more pain uh, ahead for uh, for copper, given its uh, exposure to the Chinese economy as well. Uh, Read that to understand why. Fun stuff, personal finance stuff, lots of interesting content there. Rosie's talking about, Rosie Carr, my deputy editor, uh, is talking about wills and why they're so important and how you make them. Uh, And lots of other stuff there, which uh, you will talk about uh, on your podcast tomorrow. Um, And, yeah, just uh, results, 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 with a few tips as well, thrown in for good measure. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, uh, Graham and Dom over there. Uh, And uh, I'll see you all again next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.